Porn Free Radio, episode 114, Smartphones and Smart TVs. I've been getting a ton of questions about uh, smart devices, and it's inevitable because, you know, there's just been a proliferation of these types of, you know, networked devices in our lives. Uh, I mean, up until a few years ago, you would have never bought a TV that connected to the internet. Now TVs are almost like computers. And obviously smartphones in the last 10 years have changed the way that we do uh, mobile communication technology, the way we use apps, the way everything you know happens. And so I get a lot of questions, I think because people think I'm sort of a technical expert. And, um, and while I know a lot, I don't know everything. Uh, but today I wanna share a powerful metaphor for you uh, to think about these devices, to think about uh, your relationship with technology. And I think it'll really help. Uh, and it'll actually help you make decisions about these devices and anything that comes down the road. You know, we have VR headsets coming or they're already here. And who knows what else they're going to come up with in the next few years. So I'm going to give you a powerful metaphor that will help you uh, navigate the challenges of smart TVs, smartphones, and whatever comes next. So let's get started. Welcome to Porn Free Radio. This is the podcast where motivated guys who want to quit looking at porn, get hope, and take action. Even if you feel lost right now or out of control, you can recover and live a meaningful life, free from shame and full of love. Now here's your host, coach and podcaster, Matt Dobschutz. Well, welcome to Porn Free Radio. It is a beautiful spring day here in Chicago. If you're listening in the future, I'm recording this in May of 2017, and I'm starting my day, uh, as I always do, with Dunkin' Donuts coffee. Went over to the Dunkin' Donuts today, and just speaking of smartphones, I'm using this new app they have. This isn't a commercial. This is just my life. Uh, I'm using the app. It's the on-the-go app, where I just put my coffee order in, and when I walk into the Dunkin' Donuts, and this is a crowded Dunkin' Donuts in the morning, when I walk in, literally the woman behind the counter sees me at the, you know, behind the mass of people waiting to order and holds up a coffee. And I walk around the crowd, grab the coffee and walk out. It is so amazing. They, and they know my name too, because uh, the order always comes in under Matthew. So they they always say, Matthew, you know, and uh, there's there, and I get the coffee. So I feel like a total VIP when I walk in. And uh, it's all because of the phone and the way it connects. And it's pretty amazing. And, uh, you know, in today's episode, you're going to be a VIP. We're just going to skip right to the episode. There's nothing to promote today. You're going to pass the line. You're going to pass all the uh, the normal uh, preambles that I do on the show and go right to the content. And so let's get into it. We're talking about dealing with smartphones and smart TVs and... Um, you know, I get a lot of detailed questions about these things. I mean, I, I get questions like, you know, in the in the general settings menu of iOS 10, if I click this and this, what happens and why doesn't this work? And I put a ticket into Apple because this was giving me problems. Uh, I mean, I get all these like long emails. And then with smart TVs, people will say, I have a Samsung UHD 705 
and I don't know how to create the password protection for X, Y, Z. And, and, and I get it. I get why people come to me asking these questions because I am kind of technical in some ways, but it wasn't always that way. I started life off very untechnical. Uh, I was an English major in college. I did graphic design, but I did it the old-fashioned way with like exacto knives and photocopiers and things like that. I didn't really know a lot about computers. I couldn't even type actually uh, until junior year of college. I actually would take my papers longhand over to my dad, and my dad, uh, I guess when he got off his shift nursing. Uh, would crank out these papers. I don't, I, this is an amazing thing that he did for me back then. I'm, I kind of feel like it's almost codependent. Um, but it was, it was a, I mean, he did it for me for a couple of years and he typed a lot of papers and he said he enjoyed it. I don't know if he really enjoyed it, but he said he enjoyed it. Uh, but so that shows you what I was like uh, pre-internet is I didn't have access to computers. I didn't really type. I didn't have any of that kind of stuff. So I wasn't technical at all. And it all changed uh, the year after I graduated from college. I got a job at a, at a company, uh, got some internet access through my old alumni account at school. And it wasn't internet like it is today. It was, like, it was more like a bulletin board type thing. Uh, but I found erotic stories and later I found ways to download binary pictures to your computer and encode them into pictures and that whole thing. And and I just started getting more technical. My education with technology really came from the addiction to pornography, trying to find porn, trying to search for it, and trying to learn the, the ways around FTP sites and all the types of things that we used to use back then, Telnet and, and Usenet. And, um, and it, it's, I'm, you know, in some ways I'm ashamed to say that you know, a lot of my career as a web designer, web developer, web manager, that type of thing came uh, because of my obsessive interest in finding porn on the internet and uh, learning some of the protocols, learning some of the ways that, that websites work and things like that. So that takes us to, you know, to the modern era here where we're dealing with these smart devices and and I know something about some of these things, and I know I know certain things that have worked for me uh, to get free. Um, but I wanted to give you this metaphor, an idea to think of yourself uh, in relationship to these devices. And here's the thing I want to say. Now, you're listening to Porn Free Radio, so you're probably more technical than about 95% of people in your life. And I'll tell you the reason why. Podcasts listeners in general skew a little geekier it's you know you have to use an app you have to sign to sign up to an rss feed you know there's a little more technology i still get people asking me at church how they listen to my podcast like they literally don't know about podcast apps or how to listen to something you know it's still kind of a, a mystery to certain people so the fact that you listen to a podcast uh, tells me that you're slightly more technical uh, second, uh, because you've probably like me have shared an obsessive, uh, kind of mind when it comes to finding porn and, and looking for porn on the internet, uh, you've probably learned a few things, a few tricks. You probably know more than even your wife might know about the computers in your house and the devices and the vulnerabilities. 
And um, what else was I going to say? There was something else. Uh, yeah, so you're more technical maybe than even you give yourself credit for. I know sometimes guys will call me and they say, I'm not very technical. And then they'll tell me about a way that they acted out that was very technical, uh, where they used an app uh, on their iPhone uh, that wasn't meant to look at porn and they somehow used it to look at porn and, and circumvent uh, some of those, uh, the restrictions that they set up. And so I'll be like, wow, that's a really interesting use of that app. Um, and, uh, you know, and I realize that there's, there's kind of a, an obsessive piece in us that figures this out now. Oh, I know what I was going to say. You know, there's probably some guys here who, uh, still buy magazines or go to adult bookstores. And I, I totally get that. That's where I was for many years. That was kind of the way that you acted out. And if, if you're that guy and you don't have a smartphone or smart TV and you don't, you're not very technical, um, then this episode really isn't for you. But I imagine that even if you're that guy, uh, you still have poked around a little bit on the internet and probably know more than the average person. So what does that mean for us? Well, here's the, here's the metaphor. You are the CIO of your life. You're the chief information officer of your life. And, uh, you know, before I started Porn Free Radio, I was in corporate America for many years and worked under a number of different CIOs. Now, a CIO in, in a company is, has become a really essential, important position. It doesn't matter what kind of company it is. Uh, because companies now more and more rely on data, they rely on computers uh, to run their business. And so the CIO over the last few years has become probably, um, you know, maybe right behind marketing and sales, the most important uh, position uh, in a company under a president or a CEO. And in, in hardware companies, sometimes they can be even more important than the CEO. And why is this? There's a couple of things. One, they're responsible for all of the hardware choices in the company and the investments in computers and technology. And what that turns into is they usually have the biggest cost centers, the biggest budgets in companies. Uh, they're, you know, more of the capital investment in a company uh, is, is with the technology. Uh, I mean, I, I've heard in some companies that the technology investment actually is even more uh, of an investment than uh, factories and buildings, just because there's so much expense with running servers and buying proprietary software and data warehousing and all that kind of stuff. So just from a hardware and capital investment, they have a huge responsibility in an organization. The second thing is they're more and more tasked with protecting the company. Uh, so protecting the company from corporate espionage or from data getting stolen and then also from hacking uh, or just uh, other types of disasters that could affect computers or computer storage. They have to prepare for all of that. And as we've seen in the news, you know, uh, you know, companies that are, holding a lot of customer data are more and more liable to, for the, the protection of the customer data. You know, we've seen hacks at, at Target and Home Depot and some of these big retailers. 
And so it's a huge deal if you're the CIO because not only do you have the biggest cost center and budget usually, uh, you're dealing with all these hardware choices and capital. Then you have to protect the company uh, digitally. Um, and, a, and the last thing you end up doing as a CIO is you set the ICT policy. So that's the information communication technology policy. So you really have to figure out what technology does your company need? What's in bounds? Um, what are the ways that technology is going to be used? What are the devices that are going to be used? What are the platforms? Uh, what's off limits? You know, the whole thing, internet usage, uh, you know, all those things go right to the CIO. And so it's a huge role. So I've just said that you're the CIO of your life. So what do I mean by that? Well, because you've gotten obsessive about internet porn and you've kind of fueled your addiction by searching and pressing uh, the envelope and, and you know pushing boundaries with edging and other types of things and testing and circumventing um, you know filters or safeguards that you've set up, you have basically nominated yourself as the most technical person in your family or in your life uh, when it comes to your recovery. You have done a lot of research. Uh, you've spent a lot of actually man hours uh, looking for porn and doing porn activities and using obsessive thinking uh, to find porn. And so that's why you're the person that is actually the best qualified to take responsibility in this area. You know where the loopholes are. You know where the bodies are buried. Uh, you know that old hard drive that's in the basement that uh, probably has a, a you know a gig of a couple gigs of porn that you downloaded ten years ago. You know where all that stuff is. And a lot of times when we approach recovery, we have this real passive attitude, uh, like you know we really need to find a good accountability partner, or we wish our wives were just more uh, invested in our recovery, or whatever. And we want to we want to outsource our you know whatever our moral authority. We want to outsource our uh, you know relationship to technology. A lot of times, guys will say, "Oh well, I installed a filter and it didn't work," and it's like, well then that filter isn't the right solution for you. There's more that has to be in your plan than just that filter. But we want to do that. We want to just outsource it. We want to make covenant eyes the, the thing that's going to keep us porn free. But the truth is, uh, just like a CIO wouldn't expect one tool to solve all the problems that he's responsible for or she's responsible for, uh, one tool is not going to solve this. You need a plan. And so this role of the CIO in your life is strategic. Uh, you're going to be looking at your life in a way like a CIO, someone who takes responsibility and plans and eliminates threats. So let's talk about what it, what it looks like. And, and, and you're probably wondering, Matt, this is a long metaphor to talk about smartphones and smart TVs. And the reason why is don't get hung up on any one device. A device or a way of looking at porn, a platform, or you know, just one of these things 
it fits into a bigger policy for your life about what's in bounds and what is appropriate. And it doesn't really matter what the device is. It, it matters what, uh, what you're moving towards, right? It's not just about the device. It's about what is the bigger picture. So I'm trying to give you a framework to think of a bigger picture. So what's the first thing you need to do as a CIO of your life? Well, I think the first thing you need to do at bare minimum is develop a technology policy. Now, I think if you're listening to the show, you want to eliminate porn. That's one of the things you want to have. But I think some questions that you need to ask yourself are, what is the role of technology in your life? What's the role of all this internet connected stuff? Um, what do you use it for? Is it for entertainment? Is it for email? Do you use it for work? Do you run a home business? Uh, do your kids like to, you know, make musically videos? What, what's the, um, you know, what are the things that are essential to you? And how much is too much? I mean, do you, um, you know, how much do you want to use beyond uh, beyond line each day? For example, uh, what about social media? You know, how much social media do you want to be on? Is it safe for you to be on social media? When you start thinking about a policy for your life, think about everything. How much time do you want to spend on it? What do you want to use it for? Um, and what, you know, what's something that's just unsafe or not going to be a part of, of your policy? Now, an, a, a CIO would do this if, if they came into a new company. They would immediately say, well, what's the business here? You know, if the business is making widgets in a factory, then maybe everyone in the company doesn't need access to Facebook, right? But if the business is uh, internet marketing or marketing consulting, then maybe Facebook is an essential tool to doing the business, right? So what you want to do is you want to look at your life and go, especially, and I, I want to think, I want you to think of your home life, the environment that you control as the most important thing. This is what you're really responsible for. So think about your home life. What role does technology need to play? How many hours a day do you want to be connected? Uh, what types of platforms or tools do you do you need which ones which ones are threats which ones are never going to be a good idea for you for example some guys i totally get this you know would never have hbo as a possibility for them or uh you know some you know or some sort of or the playboy channel right those platforms would always be off limits to I'm assuming the Playboy channel will be off limits to anyone who listens to this, but HBO might be one of those gray areas where some guys might have it and other guys might not. But you need to figure out for you what is in bounds, what are, what's your policy going to be? And as you create the policy, then you can start to look at certain devices. You can look at the smartphone or the smart TV you're thinking about and going, does this device work with the policy that I want to uh, want to to create? So a, a great example is if you're 
if you want a restricted internet and you want really good boundaries around what you look at, um, getting a smartphone that has absolutely no filtering, no way to, to, uh, create any sort of, um, restrictions or password protection, those types of things, child, child safety protection. If there's absolutely no way you can do anything to that phone to, to make it less, uh, vulnerable, then you might ask yourself, am I ready for that type of phone? There's many guys out here uh, who listen, who have, who have flip phones and it's because they don't feel like the, the phone is going to fit, uh, the policy that they've developed. So, you develop a policy first, and then the second thing you do is you take an inventory. And this is the same thing a CIO would do. They would inventory. What are the devices out there that they're supporting? Um, you know, in the real world, when you're a CIO, each device, whether it's an iPad or whether it's a PC or a Mac or a monitor, there's costs associated with supporting those tools. Uh, sometimes there's licensing that you have to pay for annually. And every time you have a device out there with a license on it, uh, if it's still in service, you have to pay for that license. So a lot of times what a CIO will do is they'll eliminate every device that doesn't have a great purpose. Uh, that's, that's either redundant uh, or it's extra. They'll try to reduce all those because it reduces first their cost, ongoing support costs. Second, it also reduces their risk. There's less devices that can be lost, stolen, hacked, etc. So you're going to do the same thing. You've kind of developed a general policy for what you want to use uh, your computers and your technology for in your house. So the second thing you're going to do is what? what let's do an inventory. And you're going to want to do the exact same thing. You want to eliminate as many devices as possible. Uh, I mean, I'm thinking about my house right now. We probably have three or four Kindles. We don't have any iPads. Uh, we have a couple of phones, a couple of old iPhones that are sort of iPod type things now. Uh, we probably got, you know, half a dozen computers. <laughs> so if I were to look at our house right now and, and start to, to follow this, and I actually I think I'm going to do this because I'm kind of sick of supporting all these things. Um, I would start with the oldest first and donate, you know, wipe those drives, donate them and get them out of my house. And then some of these smaller devices I would recycle, like, you know, the, I, uh, the iPod type things. Uh, you can go to Best Buy and there's a place where you can just dump these things in, these old, you know, MP3 players and things like that. So, you know, get it down to one or two devices per person in your house. That's, that's what I would recommend. So that you're thinking, when you think about creating uh, an inventory, or when you think about your inventory, it should be like eight things. You know, it should be like six things or three things, as opposed to, uh, you know, 20 different devices. Because I've heard plenty of times of guys relapsing. They set up uh, restrictions and stuff on their main computer. They do some stuff with their iPhone. And then it's like their kid's iPad is still vulnerable. Or... They, um, you know, find an old, you know, iPhone 4S in a drawer, boot it up, and then they're off to the races because there's no policy, you know, there's no policy on it. 
I've heard of guys getting new phones for work and they, they haven't put any of the enterprise software on. And so there's this two day period where, you know, it's the wild west in terms of looking up anything. No one can really trace where you're going. So you want to eliminate as many devices as possible uh, because each device, unlike, you know, you know, the CIO who's maybe paying for licensing and other stuff, each device for you is a potential threat to your sobriety, especially if it doesn't have restrictions or it doesn't have anything on it to protect, uh, protect you from going towards the porn. So you've developed the policy, you've inventoried and eliminated everything you could, then what do you do? Well, I think this is where you do a threat assessment. And you need to look at each device that you have sort of put into the keep policy or the keep uh, thing. And then I, you need to look at those devices and you need to go, are there any platforms on these devices uh, that need to be eliminated that can't conform to the policy? So an example would be, maybe you have a Samsung TV and you gotta have a TV, you know, you, it's your main family TV, except it has the YouTube app on it. And the YouTube app can't be uninstalled. It's just there. So you have to ask yourself, is there any way I can eliminate the YouTube app? Well, the, the, the answer is no, you can't. So that's a problem. That's a threat. If that computer, if that uh, computer, if that smart TV is wired and the, and the YouTube app is there and the YouTube app is a threat to you, um, what, what are your options? Well, one option would be to, first of all, not get that type of TV. Second of all, second option um, would be probably to um, look for another way to eliminate that threat. So a simple, here, here's a simple example. So you can't take the app off of the device, right? So what you're going to have to do is figure out a way to block YouTube from from getting to that smart TV. So the way you would do that is at the router level in your house, you would use something like OpenDNS, which is a tool to uh, that where you can uh, change the basically the policy for all the internet traffic in your house. And uh, there's another router that's called the Circle Router that Disney came out with. It's about a hundred bucks for kids. And so, um, what you would probably do is you would set up that TV on your network and you would designate it and then you would block YouTube. Now you could block YouTube from the whole house network or there's a way in OpenDNS and uh, in Circle Router or other, there's other router techniques where you could do this where you would block, uh, you would block YouTube for that device, for that IP. So now you're probably saying, Matt, I don't know how to do this. I don't know how to install OpenDNS. I don't know how to block at the IP level. Well, here's my challenge to you. Get to figure out how to do it. You've spent a lot of time doing a lot of damage 
to your relationships, to yourself with your porn addiction. So spend some time figuring out how to use that obsessive creative mind that's going around finding loopholes. Use that mind to figure out how to solve these problems. You know, and if you can't solve the problem, if you can't figure out a way that you safely can have this device, then you need to think of about eliminating it, right? But here's the good news. I, I think that there's ways to safely protect yourself. But what I see guys doing a lot of times is doing kind of a half-assed approach. They try one tool that's vulnerable still, and it doesn't work, quote unquote, and so they just chuck it. They don't do anything. But I'm suggesting that you do a holistic policy, threat assessment, and action plan for your life, just like a CIO would. So you might need to use some router filtering, so OpenDNS or, or, or the Circle Router, or there's probably some other tools out there. You might, for each device, have to have some tracking. For example, you you might use some a tool like Accountable to You or Covenant Eyes to track where your phones, where your uh, your internet's going to uh, on any device. You might need to use parental restrictions. That's that's one of the tools I think works the best for me. I mean, I have parental restrictions on my TV, so I can't watch shows over a certain, um, you know, uh, I can't watch mature shows. I can't watch R-rated shows. And you can put those restrictions on Amazon Prime. You can put those restrictions on, uh, uh, what is it, Netflix, Hulu, uh, on your Xbox. For example, my kids... Uh, when they want to watch a DVD, they have to have me come down to the basement and put a password into the uh, into the Xbox. Now, this is better than when we were kids and just had VCRs, right? When we were kids and had VCRs, if you had a porn tape and you put it in and press play, there was no restriction. But now I can restrict my kids, my kids can't watch a DVD without putting a code in. I mean, that's amazing, right? And, you know, my Samsung Blu-ray player does the same thing. You know, I can put content restrictions on the Blu-ray player. So there are incredible amounts of tools that you can use. And you just need to think for each platform, each device, what are the options? Do I need to filter at the router level? Do I need to... Uh, take an app off and just eliminate it? Uh, do I need to use the parental restrictions? Now, here's something that's really important. You're the CIO, so you are the responsible one. You're making the decisions. You're setting the policy. You are not the admin password holder. So, the way this works, and I've heard guys do this. I've heard guys settle this up, but they're the password holder. So the moment they get tempted, the moment their obsessive kind of monkey brain kicks in and they want to go to porn, uh, they just unlock everything. 
Well, that's not a protected system. When you're the key holder and also the chief hacker, that's not a good, uh, that's not a, when you're the, when you're the password holder and also the chief hacker, that is not a great situation. So what you need to do is you need to engage your wife or partner or a trusted friend to help secure your network, to help secure these different devices. And again, this is why you want to eliminate as many devices as possible because this is a pain in the butt if you have 30 different devices. Because some of these devices are going to be have to, you're going to have to, uh, you're going to have to deal with them one by one. You're going to have to get each iPhone and put restrictions on it. You're going to have to get each iPad and put restrictions on it. You're going to have to uh, create open DNS, set it up, and put the restrictions on and lock it. So, so the more you can eliminate, the less work you have to do with your partner or with your wife. But it totally can work. So here's what I recommend. I recommend that you get them to set the password. Unlock the platform, whether it's OpenDNS, whether it's your iPhone. And then you go through and make sure that it fits the policy. Um, you know, make sure that it conforms to your policy. And then once you have turned everything off, restricted the things you need to do, you lock it up and they hold the password. And if you at any point realize there's another vulnerability with that device, it's it's uh, it's very important for you to take responsibility and say, hey, I'm aware of another vulnerability here. We need to open this up again and I need to change something. The policy, I, the policy hasn't changed, but I need to change this device so it matches the policy. Now, there's one really cool tip that I wanted to recommend. It has to do with filtering websites on your phone. Now, uh, just anecdotally, from working with clients and working with listeners for the last three years, the smartphone has been has has sunk a thousand ships. Like it literally is the thing that has um, gotten more people off track in terms of sobriety than any other device. And I hear a lot of people talking about, you know, using backdoor apps, like they're getting to, you know, they're getting to websites kind of in circumventing ways and they're using the phone to access the internet and do web searches and things like that. And the problem is, is either they either point to the tool like a covenant eyes or they point to the restrictions and somehow they're getting around somehow they're still finding loopholes and so here's a couple of things that i recommend with that and this is the tip most smartphones have the ability to set restrictions. And usually there's a restriction filter where you can actually say exactly what websites are whitelisted for this phone and nothing else 
that's not on that list will work. And I think for a majority of guys who listen to this show who have relapsed over and over and over with their phones, either eliminating all internet from your phone is is one possibility. Or I think the second possibility is to basically whitelist the only domains that are essential for your phone and get rid of everything else. So the, an example would be, let's say you like to go to ESPN. Let's say you use the Dunkin' Donuts app like me. You know, let's say that you um, also check your kid's soccer schedule on photosnap.com or whatever it's called, snap.com. So what you would do is you'd go into your restrictions. You you wouldn't you wouldn't just put child restrictions on. You'd say restrict all websites except for http snap.com, http dunkindonuts.com, http uh, what's the other one? Uh, what did I just say? I can't remember. espn.com, right? And so what will happen is if your phone tries to go to any other website and it doesn't matter what app you're in it tries to go to another site, you get this thing that says, hey, this website is restricted. Do you want to uh, unrestrict it? And if you click, I want to unrestrict it, it asks for, guess what? Your admin password. And guess what you don't have because you're the CIO, not the admin password holder. You don't have it. So that's what happens. Now, is it going to be a pain in the butt? Absolutely. Is it going to keep you from looking at porn on your phone? there's a good chance. There's a good chance. You lock down the sites that way where you can't get to certain HTTP sites, no matter what you do, you're going to, you're going to be okay. You're going to not be able to use that device. You're going to eliminate that threat. And you know, it's, it's not perfect. There still might be some things. And so Again, you're always going to be running each device, each platform through your policy. And if you can't get a device to conform to your policy, then you need to get rid of it. Uh, let me, I'll tell you an example of one that I remember. Um, I had, a, I had a, a, a modded Xbox a few years ago. This is, you know, maybe 10 dozen years ago. And because it was modded, meaning that I actually put a chip in and installed some, you know, some software that broke the terms of service for the Xbox, well, it was kind of like the Wild West. You know, when I went into the uh, the Xbox console with with my sort of pirate software and other stuff, it was like the Wild West. There was no restrictions. Uh, if anything, you know, there was, there was, uh, you know, things that were built in to make it more stealthy, to be able to play games that I didn't own, to be able to look at videos and get to stuff on the internet. It was almost set up as a device that broke rules, right? So when I, if I would have do if I, let's say I had that device today and I had to do a threat assessment, that device would never conform to my current policy with my kids and with me because it it just it literally because of the way it was configured 
it was like configured to do mischief, to get in trouble. <laughs> and so I'd have to get rid of it. And you might find that one of your favorite devices fits in that category. It just, you can't put enough restriction on it to make it safe. And it might be something you have to give up for a period of time, or it might be something you give up for good. But this is the kind of perspective you need when you make those decisions. You need to, to have a bigger picture of how it fits in and keep asking yourself the question, do I need this? Uh, my favorite one is the iPad. We did not have iPads 10 years ago. We just didn't have them. No one had one. And now everyone needs one? Well, you know, we had the internet 10 years ago. We had phones 10 years ago. Uh, we had pornography 10 years ago. Uh, you know, we had a whole bunch of things 10 years ago. But we didn't need iPads. Now every now all of a sudden you need an iPad? I don't, I don't buy it. You know, they assigned me an iPad at work a few years ago when I was still working in corporate America. And um, I just kept it on my desk. I never brought it home. Like I, I, I just took it to meetings and took notes and walked. And that's all I did. I literally took it to meetings, looked at things when I was bored sometimes at meetings, checked my email, and then put it back on my desk. Why? Because if I brought it home, it I knew it didn't conform to the policy of my house. It had its own internet. It had LTE. So like there was no filtered internet. Um you know, my company wasn't doing a lot to monitor, you know, look, care what I looked at on it. So it definitely could have been just a porn binge every time I brought it home. So I never brought it home. Or if I did, I mean, I would tell my wife and there would be a reason, but really I had no reason to ever have it. Like there was no reason to bring it home. And when I left my company and started doing porn free radio full time and you know, started looking at what things I needed for my company. Uh, guess what I didn't get? I didn't get an iPad. I still don't, I still can't think of a reason to buy an iPad. I mean, maybe like when I'm running, sometimes I'm looking at show notes and recording and, you know, maybe there's some reason that an iPad would be good to play a sound sample or do something. I, I don't know. Maybe read my, my notes, but, um, I don't know. I just can't come up with a good reason for it. So there might be some things in your life that you've just accepted that you have to have that really don't conform to your policy and don't really make any sense, especially if you want to go porn free. Um, you know, when I first went porn free, in some ways it was easier. We had one porn related device in the house. It was the computer, the, the home computer. That was the way to get porn back in 2001. Now there was also a VCR. So I guess I could have rented some videotapes. And so I had to use a different tool for that. Sometimes we have to use, that's where you use accountability. That's where you check in. Uh, you know, if you can't block a certain type of device, that's where you have to use different tools. Now, some of you guys are super hackers, super technical. And so there might be a couple of these things that you get to and you realize I need this device. There's not a way I can completely lock it down. 
And that's where you have to use different tools. What are different tools that you can use in that case? That's where you check in with guys. That's where you go to group meetings. That's where you get really clear about what the vulnerabilities and threats are in your life. That's where you you create policies about going to bed with your wife or or not ever working on the computer alone, those kind of things. That's where you use different tools. But a majority of you guys could sit down, do a threat assessment, do an inventory, eliminate the waste, eliminate the things you don't need, eliminate the platforms that don't conform to the policy, and you're going to get 90% more, uh, I almost said 90% more better. You're going to be uh, 90% better off than you are now. Because the problem, here's what's happening. I hear this a lot when guys check in. I slipped this week. I relapsed this week. And I, and I keep thinking, how did you relapse? Like, I get the temptation. I even get that, you know, maybe, um, you know, I, I get that maybe you, you I, whatever, blew through boundaries. But what I don't get is how do you keep getting access to porn on devices that you've already sort of thought through and tried to figure out ways to, um, you know, set them up in a safe way. Like, I don't get how, I mean, I get you looking at your iPhone and finding a loophole and acting out, but I don't get you doing that every two weeks. Like, that doesn't make any sense. That policy needs to change. That device needs some different type of restriction. Or if you can't, get sober with an iPhone, you have to get rid of it. Does that make sense? I'm not telling you, you got to get rid of your iPhone. I'm telling you something has to change. If, if you keep coming to your men's group every two weeks saying I screwed up again, and it's the same device, the same trap, something needs to change. You need to take more responsibility, right? I, I get that this is an addiction. I get that, that you're, your mind is going to figure out ways to try to look at porn and give you good reasons to do that. I don't get why your device is still vulnerable, why your pl- why you still have all these open loopholes in your life. That doesn't make any sense. You have complete control over that. That was one of the most life-giving things I did as a recovering person is when I went through my life and said, "Geez, I can't I can't handle access to my home computer right now because I'm in recovery and I put a padlock on it, a literal padlock. Uh, And when I put that padlock on, my obsessive craving brain that kept wanting to go towards porn got really quiet. Want to know why? I'd think about porn, think about acting out with my computer, and then I would remember the padlock. And that would be the end of it. You know, I, I have a, I have a TV downstairs in my basement and it's got the password protections on all the TV channels. So do I, you know, do I ever think that, Hey, what's on HBO right now? Or what's on a premium channel that I don't have access to? No. Want to know why it's all locked down. Now I guarantee if my wife went down there and unlocked everything, I'd be sitting around right now going, what's on HBO right now? Is, you know, can I get a sneak peek of something? Uh, you know, is there, is there a late night show? 
that I could watch. I guess it's morning now, but you know what I mean? It's like all of a sudden that thing, which I hadn't thought about that TV in the basement that I hadn't thought about for years because it's been locked down all of a sudden becomes a loophole. It becomes something that my obsessive brain can try to think about and it becomes an itch that I want to scratch. Whereas when I eliminate that, when I get that platform out of my head, I don't think about it anymore. It doesn't take up any psychic space in my head. Well, man, golly, 48 minutes. What am I doing? I hope I hope this is interesting and helpful for you. I, I kind of got on a roll here and I'm excited about this. So let me just review these actions that you should take as the CIO of your life. One, develop a policy. Take some time and ask yourself the questions. What is the essential technology that I need in my home? What are the essential platforms? What are the essential uh, things I need to access, right? So you ask those first, device independent. You just ask those questions. Then you do an inventory. What are the devices in my house right now? What can be eliminated? Eliminate as many devices as possible. Keep only the essential. Then do a threat assessment. Look at each one of those devices and go, are there any platforms in these devices? Are there apps? Are there things, tools on these devices that don't conform to the policy that I have that are not going to fit my policy? And eliminate any of those platforms. And, and if you identify that there's some platforms that are there but they need restriction or they need passwords, then go through each one of those things and make sure that it's safe. So if you have to filter your DNS at the router level, that, that's where you would you know, potentially whitelist or blacklist a site from a particular device. For example, you might say YouTube for the Samsung TV is a no-no, so you would block that. Uh, you might, uh, yeah, you would go through and you would install any of the restrictions or tools that you would need. You might put Covenant Eyes on your computer or Canine Filter. Uh, you might put a tracker. Let's say you have a Linux computer uh, and you can't, there's not a great filter system there. So you might put a tracker like Accountable to You, which runs on Linux. You're going to go through all your devices and you're going to put filters on, you're going to put restrictions where you can, or you're going to filter the internet that gets to those devices. And if you find a device that's like my old hacked Xbox, which is just basically like a, I almost said this, a sin machine, you know, it's just like, it can just get you in trouble in so many ways. You can break copyright laws, you can break moral laws, you can break all sorts of things with that, that old Xbox. If you got one of those things, you just got to get rid of it. And again, you want to engage a partner to help you put these policies in place, literally these restrictions. Uh, you want a partner, a spouse, an admin. And you got to explain this to them. They're, they're not going to understand all these things. Again, they're not as technical as you. You've done a lot of research in this area. So you're going to have to walk them through and you're going to have to explain it, uh, at least what they're doing. But again, have them set the password, open it up. You configure and then you lock it. 
And whenever you come up with another thing that either a platform that's not conforming or there's a vulnerability, a threat, a loophole, that's where you need to go back to your admin, go back to your wife, go back to your accountability partner and say, listen, I discovered a new vulnerability. And, and that's the same thing a CIO would do. CIO is not going to configure his company and set everything up and then just go, okay, we're good now. No, if he finds out next year, there's a, um, what do they call it? Um, a port, you know, there's a port that's open, that's vulnerable to hacking. He's going to close that port. He's going to change that. You know, we always were updating our virus software. We were always updating things because there's always potential threats. And so that's what you're going to be doing. And I recommend even maybe once a quarter having a review, doing this process, just like a CIO and go, are there any new threats? And every time you have a, a potential to get a new device, I'd, I'd ask yourself, do I need this? You know, uh, we used to have to do an acquisition request that had to be signed off by guess who? The CIO. So do an AR request. Maybe get signed off from your admin. Get signed off from your other partner. I'm thinking about buying this device. What do you think? I'm thinking about getting this new tool. What do you think? I'm thinking about installing this new app. Now, that's that's one of those things. Installing apps should be something that your admin does, not you. Run everything by. Do an AR request. All right. Well, I think you've got the metaphor. You're the CIO of you. I think you've got it. I mean, I've, I've, I've dug into it enough and I think you get it. And that's the way you need to think of yourself when you take responsibility for the technology in your environment. As always, guys, if you want to email me, send me an email at Matt at Porn Free Radio. That's Matt at Porn Free Radio. Uh, I'm sorry, Matt at Porn Free Radio.com. Matt at Porn Free Radio will bounce. Matt at Porn Free Radio.com will get to me. Uh, you know, ask me any questions you want. Um, Make sure to tell me if there's anything I need to keep private in case I want to read your letter on the air. As I mentioned last week, I've been getting a lot of really long emails, which I appreciate. Uh, but if anything, if you're starting to ask advice that turns into sort of psychological advice, uh, that's where I'm probably going to push back. Uh, you know, this show is about uh, moving forward, changing habits, um, building in healthy structures to go porn free. Uh, but I'm not qualified to give therapeutic advice. So keep that in mind. All right, well, let's uh, wrap up here, guys. Uh, I want you this week to take hope, take action, and become the CIO of your life. Be good. Thanks for listening to Porn Free Radio at pornfreeradio.com. To work with Matt one-on-one, -on -one, go to pornfreeradio.com forward slash coaching and help us get the word out by subscribing to Porn Free Radio in iTunes and leaving a rating and review.